Welcome to another episode of Digging for Something. This is your host, JJ, and I have no idea what episode number this is, but it's still in single digits. So here we go. What is today's topic? Today's topic is sports. Uh, Do you remember, for anyone who actually listened to the first episode, I said one of my likes, uh, think that I'm interested in sports, whether watching or playing, and so I decided, hey, it's about time to uh, devote an episode to sports. I mean, I also mentioned I like Hallmark Channel, but uh, a whole episode about Hallmark Channel probably wouldn't be as exciting since pretty much all the movies follow the same format. And uh, as predictable as they are, you know, in these times, they have happy endings, and that's probably a good thing. But let's go back to the topic at hand, which is sports. Uh, obviously, we're still... In this COVID-19 pandemic, which is screwing up everything, uh, making our lives a living hell. And uh, one thing that we lost since, what, mid-March has been sports, live sports. Um, I have seen reruns of championship games. I have seen sports that uh, I never thought I'd be watching. Uh, the last few months, um, I remember, I believe it was towards the end of March, because it was the only actual live sport that was on, I was watching Australian rules football. Now, Australia, they've been very, um, how can I say it, closed as far as, um, you know, as far as being with the rest of the world, and they pretty much closed themselves to everything. Um, but they allowed some games to go on and there were no fans. So I started watching that and, um, yeah, it took me a while, but I was able to understand it and, you know, it's competition. Uh, it's interesting, but, uh, not something that I would normally watch. There have been some other sports that have gone on, um, bowling, uh, I believe some lacrosse and something that's kind of, uh, uh, odd that I was watching was cornhole. Now, anybody who doesn't know what cornhole is, it's basically beanbag toss. And yes, shockingly, people do this professionally. And oddly enough, I was watching it as well. <laughs> um, it was interesting. Uh, they, they did indoor-outdoor tournaments. Uh, all this time, everybody's been wearing masks, so really haven't been able to tell who's who. But um, you know, when you're starving for sports, these are what you watch. Uh, some of the uh, sports that have kind of come back uh, sooner than others, NASCAR, uh, golf. Now, those are, are typically, um, I guess, single participant sports. So I guess it's a little bit easier. Uh, NASCAR obviously uses a crew, but uh, most of the crew, they usually have helmets or masks or something to begin with. And the driver is all by themselves in the car. And um, the other sport is golf. There's been some tournaments that have taken place. Um, once again, golf is is a sport that's an individual. Uh, I think there were some changes made. Uh, no caddies were allowed. So the actual golfers had to take their own bags, which is kind of funny when you consider golf is is one of those, I guess, entitled sports, or as we perceive as entitled sports. Uh, it's kind of upper class. Uh, you, know, you expect butlers out there and things like that. So, But you know, 
they're dragging their own stuff out there. Um, obviously, not every player is participating, but uh, there's been golf going on. Uh, the thing about golf is spectators will be quiet anyway, so not having spectators there, I don't think it it makes a difference to the golfers, and they actually might like it more. Uh, for most of the time, when they're really trying to concentrate, they don't have to deal with noise or people out there. So it's uh, it's been um, it's been a change, but I guess when you watch it on TV, it's it's not that far, uh, you know, not, the, not that far off from what they usually deal with. Uh, a sport that's, uh, I believe, just starting up now this week is MLS, kind of doing a tournament style, and uh, they had kind of an issue with uh, one of their teams, Dallas. They had numerous players test positive, so they actually had to pull out. Uh, another sport that started, uh, I want to say, a few weeks ago is uh, the, let me say this correctly, I believe it's the NSWL, National Soccer Women's League, or it might be WNWSL. Either way, it's the National Women's Soccer League, uh, which I'm a big fan of, of the U.S. women's soccer team. I actually prefer women's soccer to men's soccer. Uh, Although men are bigger, stronger, faster, I still think women are so much tougher. Uh, so you have much less time of a players being down and, oh, my God, it's like somebody shot them from the stands. It gets annoying where um, a lot of them just placate to the ref to to get calls and things like that. And it's just like, you know, women, women are a little tougher. So uh, I actually prefer watching their game. And it's it's typically not as individual either. Um, and they're good. U.S. women are damn good. So if you're gonna if you're gonna watch uh, you know, a national team, watch the good one because uh, they go foreign tournaments. So uh, it's not two games and out. Or uh, I guess it would be three games since that's uh, the um, what do you call it? The bracket or the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Um, not the conference, whatever you call it, the uh, the grouping. So you there's usually four teams, and you play three, all three team, other teams, and then you move on to the actual tournament itself. Um, so I do enjoy watching women's soccer. Now, there, there was a little bit of controversy, and once again, not to avoid the elephant in the room, uh, BLM is still going on, uh, protests and things of that nature. And uh, many of the players for women's soccer, which... I would say 99% are U.S. in this league right now. Uh, many, or probably a majority of them, actually kneel during the national anthem. And um, this time around, uh, the, the the ones who kneeled aren't who made the news. Are it's it's the ones who who decided to stand that have to kind of justify it, which is kind of annoying. Uh, this is. It's a symbolic thing, and whether you stand or kneel, it it really it doesn't do anything. Um, and this is a, a personal thing for many people. Uh, I myself, I I can support any cause I want, and I can feel strongly. But I'm going to stand for the national anthem. It just I am very proud to be an American, to be in this country. Uh, my mother came here from another country. She's uh, she is one of the few who 
have not shunned me because I refuse to say, uh, I, I guess I'll give it out. Um, I won't say I'm Cuban. I will say I'm an American because I was born here. My heritage is one thing, but wh- where I'm from is another. And many in the Cuban population will tell me I'm, I'm ashamed or, or I don't want to admit what I am, which is not the case at all. I'm an American. I was born here. Yes, I'm proud of my heritage. I will never deny it. But, um, yeah, I, not to kind of get all political and get on my soapbox again, but uh, we all need to lose those hyphens. If you're born here, you're American. I don't care where your heritage is from. Um, and I don't feel we need to put black America, white America, this America. We're just Americans. And that's what we need to do. And that's that's how we can be one. Uh, losing those hyphens, losing the other part, and just being an American and accepting every single American and also everybody who comes here and legally, uh, I'm not going to get into immigration, but uh, anybody who is an American and wants to be here and um, adds adds to this country, they're more than welcome. And um, so... Once again, I was born here. I'm proud to be from this country, so I would not kneel. That's not to say I don't support a a particular cause. Uh, I have mentioned on a previous episode that, yes, uh, over the years, as I've kind of opened my eyes and and seen how how there's differences in the judicial system for, for Black America, uh, that has to change. It really does. Uh, it should be fair. I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, brown, whatever. Um, if you, anybody who commits the same crime, they should be treated equally. Get the same breaks, um, and don't don't institutionalize people for life for a mistake. Uh, just because somebody might come from a low income area and can't afford the best lawyers, we still need to give people second chances and give them hope. Give them hope that there are futures other than uh, you know, incarceration. And uh, that's a change we need, but this is about sports. I need to stop myself every now and then uh, since I get off topic. But um, so women's soccer players who decide to stand for the national anthem that's their right they should not be they should not be criticized and should should not be asked for an explanation um and unfortunately this is what this country is coming true to and we need to stop it's just like the players who kneel it's their prerogative i don't i don't want every single one of them asked why they kneeled um if they they can kneel and they can make a statement and they can do whatever they want uh, we, we're not here to judge them. Uh, we need to stop judging. Uh, that's that's what gets us in trouble to begin with. So uh, anybody who decides to kneel, that's their right. Anybody who doesn't, don't criticize. Uh, it doesn't mean they're not for a particular issue. And it just means that there's, it's, they're, it's very personal um, and, they can have, and they have their reasons. Um, Team sports is something that that usually teams just come together. It doesn't matter what their backgrounds; they all have the same goal. Um, 
it's when you bring that outside in, that's what, what breaks up teams. But typically, anybody who's played team sports, uh, you put you put differences aside, and on that field, on that court, on that ice, uh, if that's I got my brother, my sister's back, and we play for each other, and we play for the ultimate goals. So um, teams typically handle those type of issues much better than outside world, just because when you're on a team sport, you you have to be together. Uh, that's the only way you, you can succeed. A team is only as strong as their weakest part. So um, let the teams be the teams and let them accomplish what they're set out to do and help help this nation heal and uh, help this nation watch something other than reality shows and reruns. Let's get sports back on TV um, and support our teams. That's uh, where our jerseys and and uh, you know, it's going to be strange for most of these seasons, uh, at least these um, sporting these seasons. But hey, sports are coming back. Some may have to tap out. Some may keep going, but may tap out. Hey, UFC they've been uh, they've been they've been holding their tournaments as well. Their I'm sorry, their uh, their matches as well. So uh, sports are there. And uh, let's start watching them. Um, I'm very excited. NFL, that's that's America's sport right there. And, I mean, I remember watching the draft and the virtual draft. And it was odd seeing the commissioner call the names from, like, his basement setup. And uh, seeing these delayed reactions with cameras at the players' homes as they were drafted. And. Yeah, not all of them uh, wore masks and kept the the um, the number of people at the place under ten or whatever the restrictions are in their particular city. But hey, it was uh, it was made for good TV and and uh, we all <laughs> probably people who never watched the draft before watched it more more <laughs> with more attention than people who've been watching it for years just because it's been something different, but, um, you know, there's still, there's still a lot to be worked out. Um, they've already announced, uh, preseason games have been cut to two instead of four. And, uh, the players union is, are, is kind of balking at that, trying to eliminate preseason games. Um, but let's be honest, they've been trying to eliminate preseason games for years. And I'll be honest, I hate preseason games. They are useless. Um, I used to be a season ticket holder for an NFL team, and I used to hate the fact that I paid full price for preseason games. For players, I had no idea who the hell they were. You had players playing with numbers that weren't even for their position because they didn't have enough numbers for uh, that position group. And it's players that you would never see or hear from again. So I'm fine with eliminating preseason. Um, obviously, you do need some kind of tune-up. Uh, you can do inter-team scrimmages and things like that, but uh, that you know, that's something that, that's still going to be worked out, and the, obviously there's going to be some pushback from players. And of all sports, uh, I really believe football is probably the most difficult to bring back. Uh, simply 
because on every play there's touching there there's no social distancing. You can't. In in baseball, you have nine players on a field that are spread out, and uh, the closest contact you have is catcher and uh, batter, and then first baseman, second baseman, or usually first baseman, um, and uh, somebody who's made it to first base. So you don't you don't really have that much risk. Soccer, yeah, there's a lot of players, but there's still also a lot of distance. Um, basketball. You don't have as many players on the court at the same time, and uh, you know, in this this day and age, it's uh, a lot of three pointers. So <laughs> there's space there, but football, that one has the most risk. They also have the weakest union, um, and it's tough because uh, a football player's average career is, I believe, less than three years. So. With that limited of a career, a player is going to be willing to give up a lot more than in other sports because they know the clock is ticking um, from the get-go. And it's, uh, you only have 16 games, you have a very short uh, shelf life, and and um, there's only so much money that can be divvied up because there's so many players, so... Uh, it's usually tougher for that union to to hold firm and really push back. Um, but it's uh, it's something that you know maybe now and then they'll they'll get a, a new CBA that uh, that is a bigger win for the players than other times. Uh, I think NBA I'm sorry NFL players uh, it's it's tough on them and. Uh, Sometimes we can't be quick to criticize players for holding out for more money and things of that nature. Because typically you're paid for what you've done in the past. Um, many times you have, that's, that's Pat, Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, the quarterback for Kansas City Chiefs. He just signed a huge contract uh, or agreed to, I don't know if it's been signed yet, but agreed to a huge contract, 10 years. Uh, 400 something million can be if if it reaches uh, full term it's and if all incentives get met it can be worth 500 and I think two or 503 million dollars half a million dollars for an NFL player wow 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 um, now it's the contract's not going to go 10 years just like most NFL contracts, you've signed if you've signed a five-year deal, uh, it's really a three-year deal. This ten-year deal is probably a five to six-year deal. Uh, the numbers are just too high. Um, now, I, I understand a quarterback's the most important position on the field, um, but when these players sign for these huge contracts, quarterbacks, it takes up such a huge chunk of the salary cap, and it makes it very difficult. Um, you know, uh, many times people, you know, you look at Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys, he wants a certain amount of money and, and you'll hear people say, hold up for more and more and more. And you, you really have to balance because the more money you make, there's a less in the pot to complete the team. So your ultimate goal is to win. Now you want to make a damn good inc- uh, living while you're playing. 
But uh, many of these contracts, and you've seen it, it uh, it tears a team up because then you the team can't afford other great players. So apparently, with the the details of this contract, uh, it's even though it's an exorbitant amount of money, it's not completely kind of a win for Mahomes and a loss for the team. Uh, it's a little bit team friendly, but either way. That's a large chunk going to one player. He's a great quarterback. Um, and with, with such a short career uh, and too many players, you know, the first three, four, five years in, in the league, they don't make a lot of money. So they're, I, they, they do need to, to get the money when they can. And uh, one of the things that I have kind of – Thought would be a good idea would be in the NFL, uh, since it's a salary cap league, let's make the quarterback contract exempt from the salary cap. And what I mean is pay them as much as you want, uh, like Mahomes deal for let's let's say the average is forty five million a year. So normally he would you now without getting specifics, he's got bonuses and all that and all these different things that actually come up with the cap number. But just for simple math, uh, it was a 10-year, $45 million contract, or $45 million, $450 million contract. So it's a $45 million cap hit every year. So instead of that $45 million, counting against, let's say it's a, it's a $200 million cap. Um, so then they only have, the team has $155 million to play, pay on other players. Let's... Let's make that amount exempt. Let's make the quarterback exempt from the salary cap. So instead of the player taking you know, 25%, one player, which is one of 22 players on the field, taking 25% of the allotted cap, let's make that exempt. So then you have the $200 million to fill the roster. Um, you know, in some cases, it's not going to make a difference. You have a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who was drafted in the fourth round, you know, not even, uh, I think because some season he wasn't even making a million dollars. So it wasn't really counting against the cap. But you know what? You Now you can make it up to him without busting your cap, which is kind of what Dallas, the predicament they're in. Because Dak Prescott thinks he's been shortchanged all these years. He wants it to be made up for it. And I, and I understand that. You know, if somebody, I mean, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback in the league. Uh, he's not even the best quarterback in his division, but he's probably just arguably a top 10 quarterback. So if you're not making a top 10 quarterback, not making a million dollars a year, you're grossly underpaid. So if we make him exempt, you can, you can kind of pay him for, for, for the years that he's been grossly underpaid and not have to worry about busting your cap. Now it's probably something that is easier said than done, but I think it's something that could be considered. And um, and and maybe be helpful. It would give more money for teams to spend, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll get something sorted out and they'll have a new CBA in the next few years because that's always good. With football, that's always a problem. Um, another thing that came out regarding the NFL, uh, either yesterday or the day before, 
Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is one of those great deep threats. And last year I had him on my fantasy team. Week one, 30-something points he made for my team on the bench. Oh, I was so upset. How can I not have started him? Week two, I believe. Was it week two or week three? Week two. He gets injured. And instead of having surgery, he went to rehab. And basically, he was lost for a season. So he oh, he upset me. He should have just had the surgery and come back. But he would, he, was, he would have been my late-round steal. But he let me down. And my team didn't win. But I have won a couple times before. So it happens. So he made some you know, comments on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Facebook, I don't know. Uh, I've already kind of made my opinions about social media. Um, that more bad can come out of it than good. But he said something um, that was attributed to Hitler about uh, Jewish people. And, ooh, yeah, mistake. Uh, never a good time or a good thing to kind of use a quote from Hitler. Um, I believe it's actually, after a couple of days, it was mistakenly attributed to Hitler. It wasn't really, but at the time when he posted it, it was attributed to Hitler. And yeah, he got a lot of slack for it, especially since his GM and his owner are both Jewish. Wow. So obviously they were not happy about it. Um, and he's apologized. He's deleted it and apologized numerous times. Um, I just find it odd that a quote that he, or a posting he did was so much worse than what Drew Brees said, and Drew Brees got so much heat because of the times we're in now. Um, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he got some heat, but not nearly as much as Drew Brees. Um, but it is what it is, and uh, you know he he has uh, he has apologized for it, um, and like I've. I think a term I've used before is accept and move on. Um, I don't think he should be suspended for it. Uh, find people make mistakes uh, to to err is human, and uh, you know he apologized. He he was remorseful. Um, I know many have are comparing Deshaun Jackson to Riley Cooper, a white wide receiver from seven years ago, I believe it was, or maybe eight years ago, who was caught on video using the N-word, um, and the team didn't suspend him. They sent him to counseling, but the team didn't give this, uh, I guess, a, the same kind of statement as they were appalled. Well, I think there was, there's a couple differences also, because even though you, you had the same owner and GM back then, but it's different when you can't, you don't personalize it. Uh, they're Jewish. They weren't black. So yeah, they felt like they needed to deal with it and they handle it. And maybe they should have said a better statement. Um, but, you know, this time, this time around, it was more personal to them because it was kind of an attack to them. So you kind of understand the reasons. And um, I don't, I don't think Riley Cooper should have been cut or, or suspended. Yeah, it's 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 for the team to accept or not accept. If the team doesn't accept and tears the team apart, then that's that's when you make the move. Um, I'm I'm not in favor of people getting fired or suspended for their worst moment. 
Um, we all live in glass houses. We've all made mistakes. Uh, and in this case, I don't even think Deshaun Jackson should be fined. He did what he did. Um, he's obviously learning from it. You know, accept, move on. Uh, we don't need to drag this on forever. Um, we, I know we're in the cancel culture now, but uh, I think the cancel culture is ridiculous most of the time. So uh, if he's available in the 12th round of the fantasy football draft, I'm going to take him. <laughs> so, and hopefully he wouldn't get injured, but yeah. Uh, accept and move on. So the next sport that's starting up soon is the NBA. Now, their season was cut off early in mid-March due to the COVID. Um, they pretty much canceled the game right before it started. Um, once one player was confirmed positive from another team, and there's been, of course, there's the, the uh, the transfer risk of when that player played against other teams and things like that. So the NBA, they're, they're starting out. They're not bringing all their teams. Uh, I believe they're only bringing 24 teams. Uh, they're going to play some games and then do kind of a play-in for a couple playoff spots and then do uh, the playoffs all in Orlando in the happiest place on earth in Disney World, uh, in the wild world of sports. They have plenty of arenas, so they'll be living in a bubble um it's going to be a little weird nba is uh, is a game where wow you need fans uh sometimes uh, sometimes the players even on road games using using booze cheers it's it gives them energy gives them adrenaline you know pushes them so it's going to be tough um but they're going to give it a shot there's been players who have who have tested positive. There's players who are opting out either for medical reasons or uh, family reasons. But yeah, there's there hasn't been a lot of players who opt out. Um, but I think New Jersey's had the most. Uh, I mean, their two best players are injured, and even though they might be ready, they're not going to bring them back. Uh, so there, you know, there, there's going to be there's going there's going to be positive tests. Let's be honest. Uh, it's going to happen, uh, just like. Uh, and Targets and Walmarts and supermarkets and the essential services, people are testing positive. It's going to happen. Uh, it's how you can mitigate it. And so with basketball, since it's such a small team sport and the traveling parties are not that many people as well, it's much more controllable. And especially in Disney, they have so many hotels. And for anybody who hasn't stayed in Disney resorts or even go to Disney, it's it's a great place, expensive as you know what, but it is a great place. I um I love going there, and I was I always said I won't I won't stay outside Disney. I'll always stay at a Disney resort, and many times I can go up there and uh, not even go to a park. I'm fine. Some of the hotels have so many things to do, and then you can go downtown Disney and things like. Or I'm sorry, it's Disney Springs now. But for me, it's always going to be downtown Disney. Anybody who has been going to Disney for decades like I have, uh, it's, you know, grew up with downtown Disney and it will always be in downtown Disney for me. So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have a tough go at it. It's going to be, it's going to be tough on the players, uh, tough on the NBA. Um, 
but they're going to get it going and and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll be able to make it through and not stop the season for too many positive uh, tests. Uh, and who knows, you might have teams that have multiple players testing positive before a game and they have to call the game. So uh, it's probably going to be a day-by-day thing. Um, now, one thing about the NBA, it's probably been the most progressive league as far as uh, social causes and things of that nature. Uh, although nobody kneeled during national anthem th- during the national anthem, uh, it's actually one of the leagues that have a rule that during the national anthem, every member of the team and coaching staff has to stand in line. So they have rules in place where NFL never had the rules. So that's why it was more of a touchy subject and how to handle and things like that. The NBA, they had a rule. And just like any place you have rules and if the rules are broken, there's punishment. Um, but the NBA has also been very, very, I guess, involved with uh, social causes and things like that and their players and, and uh, taking up uh, causes and things of that nature uh, and supporting the players. Um, obviously, uh, they had an owner who was a documented racist and Donald Sterling. He was also a pretty bad owner. Um, really kind of a sleazy kind of guy. Um, and he made some comments and they bit him in the ass and they wound up getting him, kicking him out of the league. Had to, the team had to be sold. And, um, you know, I, I kind of also think that they finally found a way to get him out of the league because they probably wanted to do it for a long time. So it's like, okay, he, he gave us the ammunition, but, um, but the players were very appreciative of this and, so, uh, especially under Adam Silver, uh, he's really, I think the players have really appreciated the things he said and he's done and the support he's given. Um, so they're going to be putting BLM on the courts, um, which is fine. Um, and they're also allowing for, instead of names on the back of the jerseys, to have uh, um I guess sayings or themes or certain certain things related to the BLM movement. Uh, they're not allowed to have people's names uh, who have been killed and things like that, just because uh, then it opens up uh, a can of worms. Because all right, you put this person's name. Why is this person's life worth more than this other person who had a similar uh, a similar story and things like that? So. They're just they're they're basically allowing pre-approved uh, things to be put back on on the jerseys now. Of course, there's uh, there's been some like with everything controversy because oh you're giving away you're not letting them be free to put what they want and things like that. But heh. they're humans. Humans can do stupid things. Uh, Jim Jim Morant, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Rookie, I want to say it's from Memphis, uh, the number two pick. Uh, he did something with his jersey that, that created some backlash. Um, you know, deservingly so. Be careful what you do because there's repercussions and um, don't get too caught up where you do stupid things. So, yeah, he did a stupid thing and he had to apologize for it and take back what he did, what he posted. 
So you can't have players doing that because somebody's going to push the line. And then it becomes even a bigger issue. Um, you know, it's it's protecting. The NBA has to protect the player from himself and protect the league from, you know, kind of rogue players who want to go kind of against the norm and, and, and push push it too far. So there. So the NBA is doing something good. Of course, it will always be criticized because it's not completely free. But, hey, uh, just like uh, working at Target, you have a uniform. Um, or working in a corporation or working – there's uniforms. There's things that people have to buy by. It's just another thing. They've loosened it. Um, you know, the players can still support their cause and put whatever and put whatever has been approved on there. Now, that list may grow. Uh, players may say, okay, can we add this to the list or add that to the list? And the NBA may go ahead and start betting some things and adding the list. So uh, it's a league that has always had great dialogue with their players. So it's something that is possible. If that happens, that's a good thing. Um, it's always good to be free and open. And uh, don't, keep, don't close things up. When you close things up, that's when uh, bad things happen. So having free, open dialogue. Uh, even if at the end of the day they say no for various reasons, but they're allowing the dialogue, they're allowing the input, and that's always important. So they they're, they're definitely players, and the league definitely has a good relationship uh, in the NBA. Now, <laughs> to go to a league that doesn't have a good relationship between the two, baseball. That was a sport that ended before it started. Uh, Major League Baseball was in spring training when all this broke out. So the key, obviously, the season was cut. Um, and of all sports, you know, as predicted, they had the most issues between owners and players going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, baseball players' union has is by far the strongest union they've had. They have been for a long time, um, and baseball players and I don't. It's probably not entirely true, but they've always seemed to be the most entitled of all the professional athletes from the major sports, um, and most out of touch, and they they could not agree. Um, you know, baseball players, they basically say owners take, you know, if you can't afford to pay us our full salaries, then find the money elsewhere. They, they're the least, I guess, cooperative, trying to work together to do what's best for the sport. Um, you know, baseball players, they, I think Tom Glavin even commented that uh, a strikes and lockouts in the past and the union not giving in has really hurt many players or reputations and things like that. And fan, it is not. It used to be America's game. It's not even close. They are paid and act like it is, but it's not. And it's a uh, it's a sport that has been declining. It's been declining, and it's a sport and that has seen the number of black players dwindle. Which is kind of surprising. I thought baseball was going to kind of have an increase of uh, black players just for the simple fact that a lot of parents are choosing to keep their kids out of football or 
I guess the last maybe 10, 15 years because of concussions and brain injuries and things like that, many parents are choosing not to uh, have their kids play football. And I thought of all sports, baseball, because of uh, career longevity, um, salary, um, you know, the, uh, the less of, I guess, an impact on your later years would, would see an uptick, uh, but it hasn't. Maybe it will, but, you know, hopefully, you know, I grew up, um, no, they're not my team anymore, but I grew up with uh, uh, the Mets, New York Mets being my team. I was a big Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden fan. Uh, I loved Dwight Gooden. I thought he was an amazing pitcher and Daryl Strawberry. Uh, there's something about left-handed batters and their swing. He had, he was as he was a skinny guy, but he rocketed that ball, uh, and he took he took a, the perfect swing um, at a pitch. So yeah, I, I remember the, the Mets teams. They had Kevin Mitchell. Uh, I remember Anthony Young. I think he set the record for most uh, um, most consecutive losses. But I was a big fan of his. And then Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, probably my favorite player of all time. Had the most beautiful swing. Um, so this, this game has a great history of black, uh, ball players and, uh, we need, we need, we need more representation from that community. Um, because there, there's some of the greatest players who ever lived, uh, were black ball players and, uh, the representation is just not there and, and that, that needs to increase. Um, but you know, once again, baseball—it's the the the, you know, the league finally said, okay, we're playing sixty games. Yeah, that's what we agreed to. We said, if you and you get your full uh, prorated salary, because they couldn't agree, um, which is a shame. So uh, the players' union is probably going to sign um, file a grievance, and which will take forever to hear, but. Um, and there's a lot of players, and once again, baseball players. Are, one of my well, actually one of my problems with baseball players is they get paid an exorbitant amount of money. And I mean, I see I see so many players. They they have so much potential when they're young, and as they grow in age, they grow in waste as well. And uh, you have great players. Uh, I remember watching Miguel Cabrera in the 2003 Florida Marlins when the Florida Marlins won the World Series. He was a skinny kid, came up as a shortstop. And, oh, he was a great hitter, and he was a great hitter for years, but that waistline kept jumping. So he had to move from uh, third base to first base to DH just because, you know, his body. He wasn't he wasn't in shape to play the field. Uh, Manny Ramirez, same thing. Um, there's so many players where, you know, they – they, they're just not in the, sh- in the same shape, which, which, and they still want money. I mean, I'm, I don't understand the DH. Why are you paying a DH uh, who was who a one-dimensional player the same amount as a position player? Uh, I don't think it's right, but that's what the union fights for. Uh, the union was also, it's the same union when Bryce Harper was with the Washington Nationals, probably the most overrated player in the last 10, 15 years was a free agent. 
And I was hoping nobody would give him this ridiculous contract. And yet other players, which they don't do this in other sports, other players couldn't believe that he hasn't been given a record-setting deal. With baseball, it's always about setting kind of the debar for other players, which makes no sense. Um, because what happens is you set that bar too high for people undeserving, you have a crash. And that's happened. And many players have lost money because teams weren't willing to overpay anymore. Um, but you know, here you have this most overrated player and other players saying this player, it was ridiculous. Nobody offered him a record-setting contract. Which, one, just because he's young and he has a name doesn't mean he has a record-setting contract. Baseball is a team sport. And just, you know, you're only worth as much as somebody will pay you, which Philadelphia Phillies did. Um, but it's it's a sport where there's no salary cap, uh, so they're – they're kind of free to spend as much as they want. Um, now, we'll see who actually plays. There's many players who who, who will opt out because they don't, they're not going to play 60 games for whatever amount. And, again, there, there's been players who've made comments of, oh, if they're not going to pay, you get paid all this money. Uh, they're not going to play. It's not worth it for them. Uh, and it goes back to them being tone deaf because there's so many people in this country right now who will work and just can't because of what's going on. Uh, and they're very tone deaf. And even there's been support staff that have been furloughed or laid off because there's no games. So uh, big picture, it's not about you individual. It's you know, Sometimes you have to take one for the team and not your baseball team, the team for our country, for other people. Um, to, to get get the economy circulating. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll figure it out. We'll see if they actually play or not. Um, you know, 60 games. You know, 162 games is too many anyway. I think they should they should cut down the number of games they play. Um, maybe only play four or five games a week max. Um, but, yeah, 162 games is just too much. Um, but 60 games, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But... Uh, it's probably the shakiest league because the, the league and the players can never, ever agree. It's, uh, it's kind of a broken record with them, even though the sport has been declining. It's, they, they, they don't seem to be able to, to get on the same page and realize, hey, our sport's declining. What can we do to improve it? Everything's always a battle. Um, and sometimes it's it's just a pissing contest to see who will win, and uh, then it gets it gets fought in the media, and then people take their side. So, but uh, we'll see. But then you go to another league, the NHL. The NHL is going to be starting up uh, soon as well. Um, they're going to actually uh, go with I think kind of similar to uh, the NBA. Uh, but they'll be in Canada. Um, many of them, most of their players are probably Canadian. Uh, they don't have. There's actually more teams based in the U.S. than in Canada. But I think, uh, I guess, Canada, uh, infrastructure-wise, logistics-wise, is probably easier to get it done. Uh, they'll. Uh, I think there's three or four cities in Canada that'll be uh, hosting the games, and 
the NHL is something is is a league you rarely hear about. Uh, hockey is probably my favorite sport to watch. Uh, I've always said hockey players are probably the toughest players, and hockey is probably the toughest sport you can play. I I I gave it a shot. I enjoyed playing, but it is a physical sport, and it's physical requires a a lot of skill. Um, but it's a great sport. But uh, we need we need more people to watch it in this country, and uh, and not be kind of closed minded about it and appreciate the sport. Um, it's not a sport that everybody can play just because it's it's not a cheap sport because it's an indoor sport that requires ice. Skates are not cheap. Sticks are not cheap. Uh, the equipment, well, once you get the equipment. But for, for kids, they're constantly growing, so you always have to kind of replace that, that equipment. So, But it is a great sport, and and they're a league that's, that kind of knows where they are. They're, they're number four on the, on the top four sports, so they know that they can't afford to be stubborn and they have to work together. Not only did they agree to to um, resume play, but they also agreed to a new CBA. So um, they're kind of doing things right. Uh, of course, there there will be defectors and uh, things of that nature, but they're. The players and the league are just trying to do what's best for the league. So they they agreed to a new CBA, and hopefully that's a legal startup. And uh, the the ironic thing about it is the head of the the NHL Players Association is the former head of the Baseball Players Association, which had the most powerful union. But yet... Uh, Donald Fair, with the NHL, it's, it's different. Maybe he also knows uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, he knows the league's place uh, as far as uh, the audience and things like that. So he, you can't get away with the same things you could with in baseball. It just it doesn't have it doesn't have the power that baseball had. So um, you know they've had their lockouts and things of that nature, but I would say uh, they. They're getting it right now. Um, and one of the big things that they agreed to is the last Winter Olympics, NHL players were not allowed to participate because it's right in the middle of the season and players want to participate. Owners are like, we don't want to cut down or uh, you know, shut down the league for three, four weeks for this because uh, some teams might have a half a team full of Olympic players because you know, an NHL roster might have 10 countries represented, um, where other teams might have one or two. So they don't, they didn't want to shut down the league for, you know, multiple weeks and also the injury risk and things like that. But, uh, this time around, I, I think it was a big bargaining chip. Uh, the players really were upset. They weren't able to play in the Olympics and, uh, in the CBA, the next two Winter Olympics, they agreed to allow the players to play. So, which is a great thing because you, you know, the Olympics, it's a worldwide stage. You want the best of the best to participate. Um, no offense to those who who played last Olympics, college players, minor league players, and things. Um, um, but you know, to see the best players in the world play, it's. 
not only good for your country, but it's also good viewing. Um, you know, it's the Olympics. Everybody wants to see the best. So kudos for them to getting it in and uh, having the agreement in place. And uh, hopefully, you know, they'll be able to start up. Um, so all four of the major sports have have their plans in place. Um, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Hopefully they will all be able to start up. They'll all be all productive uh, and they'll all be able to mitigate this virus because um, it's not only good for the athletes to play again, it's also good for the support staffs, the, you know, the, uh, the, the people who work at the venues. Uh, there's, there's a trickle down effect. Um, cameramen or women uh, have something to do and something to get paid for. So it's not only that, and also us, many who are stuck at home. Um, you know, now there are, there's more, re more restrictions are, I guess not more restrictions, but old restrictions that were reduced are now tightening up again. So your people in this country are in less places to go. So we can get sports on TV. Uh, Give us give us some entertainment, some things to watch, something to distract from everything that is impacting us right now. Uh, well, I myself will definitely appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to to hockey, um, basketball. I kind of miss the days of the mid range jumper. Now it's just too much three pointers. Uh, it drives me nuts. Um, Greg Popovich kind of criticized the game. It was the last year or the year before. It's just not the same game it was. It's it's who can make the most three pointers now. Uh, you don't have the same post players. It's not it's not a well rounded game as it was before. So uh, for me, it's not as exciting as it was. But if my team's in it, of course I'll be watching. Uh, baseball, we'll see if they can resume. Uh, NFL, fingers crossed. That's a tough one, but. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to resume and all the other sports. Uh, hopefully there's no speed bumps along the way and uh, they will be able to to uh, resume and continue. And uh, you know, that kind of brings us some semblance of normalcy. So I'm rooting for it and I'm sure uh, I'm just one of millions of people rooting for it. So let's see how it goes. Uh, sports are coming back. Let's hope they do and they come back for good. Um, so that will conclude this episode. Um, I think I touched most sports. And, uh, you know, if there's any sport I didn't touch, feel free to send me an email. And uh, I will apologize for overlooking it. And I will bring it up and give it a shout out next time. So... I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Digging for Something. I am your host, JJ, and I will see you when I see you.